Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Showbound podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, and as usual, joined by Swedish professional hockey player, Ethan Cardwell. Cardsy, what's up, man? Nothing, Michael. I'm doing well. Um, How are you? (laughs) I'm good, man. I just want to throw this out there before I forget, but I was looking through the the central scouting rankings by the NHL and I saw that you were rated a C by them. So you're on the radar again this year. Uh, you have any thoughts on that? Did you check it out? Um, yeah, I didn't really look at it or anything. It just popped up on my Twitter feed. Like somebody had like tagged me in something. Um, yeah, uh, it's nice to be recognized, but it doesn't really matter. Um, as I saw last year, just kind of play your game and whoever likes you (laughs) likes you and that'll be all yeah I mean it's we talk about it with all the players that we have on uh as guests you you kind of just like you see it but you gotta it doesn't really matter in the end but uh hopefully you can get that up to an a maybe by the end of uh the season and then we'll be laughing when you're picked in the top 10 this year but um (laughs) um, yeah it's yeah and honestly yeah it's cool to be noticed by people for sure but yeah at the end of the day it doesn't really matter except those 31 gms who are calling in that pick so 32 32 this year yes true the seattle crack and here we go (laughs) anyway um what's up like what's new in sweden i know uh your your housemates there on the on the ir but you're still buzzing around right yeah no they're they're both back now they battled little small injuries uh JT only missed two periods and Murr missed uh, like a period or two periods in a game, but uh, we got a nice week off here and then we kind of reboot things on this Sunday coming up on the road. So we do six game segments and then you get like six days off. So that's, we've done our first six and now we got our week here um, to just kind of prepare, reset and get ready for this uh, next push as we try to move ourselves up the rankings. Uh, did you go out for dinner with Lidstrom? Not yet. Uh, we're, I, th- I think we're going over to his house on uh, Friday. It was actually pretty cool. We skated with uh, Nick Lidstrom today, actually, at the rink. Um, and man, like me and JT, Murr just kind of moseyed around in a tracksuit, just trying to get uh, some feeling back on the ice and get used to it again. But um, me and JT were out there and we, we were doing some drills with them and uh, just the way this guy passes the puck, man, you can understand why people argue him for the best defenseman ever. Like I've never felt passes this crisp, just the flat right on your tape every time and just rockets. I'm like, Holy crap. Like this is legit. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, And it's cool to just be in the, in his presence and he's just like treating you like another guy. It's just like, you're hanging out, just like you're out there. So it, it was pretty cool experience. And then, probably going to his house on Friday again. So kind of an honor just to be around a guy like that. Yeah. You get any pointers from him or JT was, was he in his ear? Um, uh, not really today. I know we're going back on the ice with him Thursday. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I'm sure uh, he's got some critiquing to do with JT being a defenseman. Yeah. That's not sick, man. We got to get him on the pod. <laughs> um, yeah. That'd be, that would be a sick interview if I could somehow weasel my way into getting him on the pod. <laughs> yeah. We'll be like, Hey, you want an Axel watch? And he'll definitely be saying yes when he hears that. But a hundred percent. We got, we got another good episode uh, today. We got two guests uh, at the same time, Brandon Coe and Ethan Keppen, both fourth round picks in the NHL and top 10 in the OHL draft. They're friends of Cardsies. Uh, the two of them are best friends and uh, it was a really funny interview. We got into some, some funny questions towards the end. And um, once, once we all got a little more loose, I think the interview got better as, as it was going on. So I really enjoyed it. It was a fun one to do and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one, but we got some hockey news to to talk about big trade in the NHL, Patrick Laine, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, the trade was Laine and Jack Roslovich for <laughs> Pierre-Luc Dubois on a third round pick. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that one cards? I think it was just like, it was time really. Um, Dubois was going to leave um, Columbus. He It was inevitable, just like the way he was performing and the way Tortorella was going about things there. So for him, he was definitely on the move and there's been talks about line A for a little bit now. So I think it was a good move. Second for third overall picks, just kind of an even trade swap, fresh start for new guys or fresh start for the guys on new teams. So uh, I feel like they're both great, great enough players that they'll fit in no problem and just kind of take off uh, where they left off in their careers and just excel on those teams. I think that line is the better player in my opinion. And, And Dubois nasty. Don't get me wrong, but I think, and even as soon as like a year, you look at this trade and be like Columbus, Columbus won the trade. In my opinion, I think 
when Lion A is putting up 50 goals a season and you can look back. I don't know, but um, it, it's definitely a good trade uh, and it needed to happen, like you said. Uh, we got some other news. Former Coyotes GM John Chaka was suspended by the NHL until the end of the year for his dispute with the Coyotes and trying to get out of his contract early. So it's kind of kind of like meaningless, really. He wasn't involved anymore, per se, but now he has to stay out at least for a year. So uh, interesting. I know there was some some shady stuff going on, too, about the draft scandal and him, him uh, kind of weighing players or something before the draft, but he wasn't suspended for that. They were really clear to say that that wasn't that didn't factor in but do you have any thoughts on that yeah i i remember hearing about all that that went down um obviously there's no like testing allowed of players and stuff before the draft um and they were kind of doing that i guess i don't have too much to say on it other than really yeah like there's just been a lot going on with arizona in the headlines for uh, a whole multitude of reasons that we could go on for all day but um And another talk, I was just going to bring it back to the trade quickly. And I was saying, yeah. like, I totally agree with you. I think Line is the better player there. And I think he's going to, or Columbus is going to benefit huge from that trade down the road. And you look back at this trade in five years, and I think they got a steal, even though Dubois will be a good uh, centerman there. Yeah, no, I agree with those thoughts. And actually, funny enough, I remember the, the Arizona thing, just to go back. I wonder if he just didn't know that was a rule, like, Obviously, we can speculate all we want, but I don't know if he knew that he can't ask for for weights or reps or whatever it might have been. I remember getting an email to my Barry Colts email asking like if any of our players had been reached out to by him. Uh, so I remember like seeing that way before it had come out publicly. I was supposed to do some some research on that, but um, yeah. And then I got a uh, one more kind of uh, upsetting news, but I wanted to bring it up and and mention this that. Kyrell Sapotic, uh, the Kamloops Blazers player, he was paralyzed after a snowboarding accident. And uh, it's it's horrible news. It's been all over Twitter and Instagram and stuff. But I want to say there is a GoFundMe page. If you search help support the Sapotics on GoFundMe, they're going to pay for things like renovations, healthcare costs, and any additional support required. It's just a really sad thing that has been going around. But I, uh, if you want to donate, obviously anything's appreciated. Um, just just horrible news. Did you see that, Cardi? Yeah, man, that was tragic. Um, just waking up to kind of hearing that gut wrenching news is just it's horrible. Anytime just in life that you hear news like this, it just uh, brings down the mood. But uh, hopefully the hockey community can rally around himself and his family here um, and do our best to support them and keep keep the, his family in our prayers and himself uh, as we move forward here. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll send it over to the interview now. But before we do, I just want to say that support for the Showbound podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Big news. Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs. So Karzi, before we talk about the cologne, I actually want to mention, I was talking to this girl and she asked me, she goes like, what cologne do you wear? <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't wear a cologne. And she's like, she was really disappointed in me saying that she, she thinks it's hot when a guy has a, a scent like that. And all I could think of when, when we heard the news from Manscaped that they're launching the cologne was this is perfect for me. And I know it's going to help me. When, uh, when we met up and we were talking a little bit about the business and uh, exchanging hats, I noticed you kind of smelt a little bad. So cheers to, uh, cheers to Manscaped for coming out with some cologne to just help out guys like Rask, like just really need it. He kind of smelled like the Toronto Zoo a bit, but it's fine. At least I don't look like that's fine it's fine i have uh i have my manscaped trimmer so i use that on my face too actually sometimes yeah as if you could grow one piece of hair on your face we've talked about this before man full beard i'll send you pics next time i shave (laughs) well everyone knows manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all of your below the waist grooming needs but they didn't stop there complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by manscaped with the same signature scent that's in all manscaped formulas This cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. 
This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 with all of the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and toner to keep your testes besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. And just before we send it over here, um, Rask is amazing at reading these things out and uh, he does a great job, but... And always in one take. I I think we might have to uh, ask Manscaped to spend a little bit of a smaller script next time because that took us about seven takes there. Partially, I'm laughing a bit, throwing him off, but uh, I'm sure if we put the script in my hands, it... uh, it would probably go in one go. So we might have to try that next time. No, I'm just kidding. Probably 50 goes before I dude, I wouldn't even be able to uh, start saying it without laughing. So I think, I think we got, uh, got it in the right hands there, but no good read. And I think everyone should go hammer that code and manscapes the way to go. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to trying that cologne and, and yeah, we'll send it over to the interview now. All right. Uh, now we're joined by uh, Ethan Kappen and Brandon Co. Welcome to the pod boys. Thanks for having us, guys. Yep. Cheers. So uh, we'll just get right into it here. Um, what have you guys been up to? Like, I know Cozy, you're at camp, and Cap, you're still at home. Uh, so I guess I'll let Cozy talk a little bit about camp. Um, and then, Cap, you can kind of talk about what's going on back home. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, I think I left to come down to Arizona on the 27th of December. And I've been down here for a month and a bit, and it's been pretty good. Um just with the, with the AHL guys, it's a different game out here, that's for sure. Um, i played a couple of exhibition games so far, and um, there's not a lot of time and space out there, and it's a pretty big adjustment, but it's been pretty good so far. Yeah, I was going to say, first of all, just to clarify for the listeners, I believe uh, San Jose restricted contact sports, and that's why uh, you're in Arizona doing your, your camp out there. And, and the Barracuda are one of the few teams kind of getting the preseason in the AHL going early here, so... Um, how many games have you played so far? Uh, we've had three games. Uh, I played two of them, and then I sat out last night. Um, we played Ontario Rain last night. Um, but I think we have like seven or eight games uh, in total for exhibition. Okay, so, that's yeah. pretty sweet. And um, are you going to be playing there for the season? Like, have, have they spoke to you about, do you have a spot on this team, or have, has that conversation happened yet? Uh, it hasn't really happened yet. Uh, I've just been taking it one day at a time, and they've talked to me about it. They said... Um, I signed a, an ATO basically saying that I'll be down here until the OHL starts. Um, and then I think they made a rule if the OHL doesn't start, I think guys can play in the AHL a year earlier than they're supposed to because technically um, I think you're, you have to be 20 years old if you're Canadian to play in the AHL. But um, but I think they, they might switch it if the OHL doesn't happen this year. Yeah, and you said you played Ontario last night. Was Q in the lineup? Or like, I know he got he got hurt, didn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, I think he was playing the first period. He scored a goal, a um, couple shifts in on the power play, and then I think he got injured, and then he didn't play for the rest of the game. But he looked good out there. Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, he's gonna be a good player in the A. And uh, how do you feel? You're making the adjustment. Like, how has it been? Like, against the big bods? It's been pretty good. Um, like I said, just not a lot of time and space. Like. He, yeah. When you're going down on a three-on-two, it's it's hard to even carry the puck over the blue line. Um, there's so much back pressure, and the D stand up a lot. So uh, it's going to be an adjustment period, but it's been pretty good so far. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then, yeah, we'll send her over to Cap now. Like, I know you've been hanging out at home, probably just ripping some pond and just getting jacked, as you always are. Yeah, uh, totally there. Uh, that's what I've been doing. I've just been working out at home, riding the bike, lifting weights, stuff like that, and hopping on the pond with a couple of my buddies uh just doing my thing just trying to stay positive as much as possible it's just terrible for me because i didn't get an opportunity to go to nate camp just because of uh organization problems because st louis signed a deal with vancouver's 18 to share this year because their team folded but uh, i spoke with my agent and then we're making a plan for myself to head over overseas so hopefully that turns well and um i'm very excited for that and just getting prepared for that yeah no i'm sure uh You'll definitely be a force once you get over here. A lot of off-season training that kind of just leads us into our next thing. I know you were at uh, 
you go to uh, what's it called there? Your uh, your gym in the summer, Cap. Twist. Twist. Yeah. Well, didn't they change? They changed the name, but yeah. So everyone knows it as Twist. So can you kind of just tell us about like off season training there? Yeah. Um, we have a good group there. Um, you guys had Ty Delandrion. He goes there. Uh, Rocky goes there. The Winterton brothers. Uh, just some of those guys and uh, Mike Carcone as well. Uh, we just got a small group going there at 8 a.m. in the morning. We'll wake up early, just go there for 8 a.m., work out for two hours till 10. Um, we have a good tra- good trainer there, Christmas March. He's been working us hard. Um, unfortunately, we haven't been able to go there due, due to the lockdown. So um, I've been enjoying it there. So I go there for two hours and hop on the ice with uh, with Corny, with you guys. So it was going well there. But this lockdown's just been brutal. I haven't been able to find ice as much so i've been ripping the pond lately yeah i know like i don't even like all the rinks are shut down and everything with the the lockdown so hopefully you can get over here as quick as possible and uh get the ball rolling on that and cozy i know uh you go to renzo's those kind of intense training in the the off seasons can you kind of just give us your take on that and uh, how you enjoy it yeah i love renzo um i think i made the switch after my first year in the o um I wasn't too big on working out. Um, I was at the shed and Pickering before and uh, I wasn't really doing too much weightlifting and stuff. And um, once I made the switch to Renzo, uh, it's been great. He's really intense, but um, it's good for us, uh, especially training with older guys like Barkley Goudreau, uh, Ryan Murphy, and then obviously training with great players like Cole Perfetti and a few other guys. Um, Blake Murray joined us again this summer. So it's been good um the training's pretty good and we have a great group of guys there that's sweet yeah um I know it's like intense training and the boys are always throwing up and stuff uh we were we were actually just talking about this story when uh so when Danny was in town this summer and uh I don't you you were probably there at the gym that day but it was like a hill day and then uh he was he was so out of shape after the workout just like throwing up everywhere he made Fats drive his car home just because he was just an absolute wreck yeah, and then there's Murray that throws up every day. I don't know how it's possible, but he has no food in his system. He throws up water every day. <laughs> I can hear him laughing in the living room right now. <laughs> I'm happy. I don't have to be, be training for anything. Yeah, that doesn't sound too fun. But um, I want to I wanna kind of bring it back a bit and kind of go through your hockey careers here. You played together your minor midget season, uh, that Toronto Nationals team. Both of you guys were top 10 in the OHL draft, by the way. and uh, in that season, you go to the OHL Cup on a really good team and end up going to the finals and losing. But what was that game like? Uh, maybe probably your first national TV game, I'd imagine. And, and you know, the hype up, like walking into the rink on a day like that. Let's start with Kep first. What, do you, what are your thoughts on, like, that tournament and specifically the game? Well, we the whole way, we were surprised how far we were going because due to our lineup we had, we only had two lines. We were missing our, our sermon, Mason Primo, who had a – ankle injury so uh we just we just held our ground made it all the way which was incredible we were proud of ourselves so we were heading the finals against the Mississauga reps who were one of our rivals in the g that year who who finished second after us when we finished first in the regular season and we were pretty nervous but we were really excited and we felt really confident going in there and we just got the shorthand and stick that game we tied we tied it with a minute left me and cozy then uh they scored with uh how many seconds was left, Cozy? Like 12, 7, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it was pretty crappy, and we ended up losing the game. But uh, overall, what a run we had there after a tough playoff. We had losing the first round, choking, and we made it all the way. So we were proud of ourselves. Cozy, what do you think? Like, What was the experience like playing in, in a game like that with so much attention as, as just a minor hockey player at the time? Yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely a little bit nerve-wracking, too, because on the one side of the rink, you would have all your family and friends watching, and then on the other side of the rink, it was just all black jackets of all the scouts watching. So it was a little, a little bit nerve-wracking, but um, what a ride we had. Uh, we finished first in the regular season for GTHL, and then first round of playoffs to qualify for the OHL Cup, we lose. Um, then we had a qualifying series against the Titans to get into the OHL Cup. We lost that. Um, and then we, we played a game. Um, what was it, Cap? Was it a qualifying uh, round? So how it worked was we had to play that qualifying round. We ended up losing that as well. Then the OHL Cup, I believe, nominates three teams to go in the 
wild card game. So we got in no matter what. We could like it didn't matter that we lost that other series. So we played Gray Bruce and we ended up winning that game. It was a close game. So we snuck in the. We turn. almost lost that one too. Oh God! Oh my gosh! We were we were shaking that game. <laughs> we almost choked that game. We were up. We were up four four nothing or something, and they made it four three. And they had a five on three at the end of the game, and we just held on. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, well, the boys, the boys battled through. I mean, I didn't realize that you guys greased your way into it. The boys oh, yeah. like that. That's crazy. But uh, as Cozy just mentioned, the black jackets up in the crowd, and that just kind of leads us into our next thing to talk about the uh, the OHL draft. And Rask mentioned you guys were both top ten picks. Cozy went third overall to North Bay and kept tenth overall to uh, the Flint Firebirds. So. I guess I'll let Cozy go first here and just talk about the draft day and uh, what that experience was like. Yeah, it was good. Um, I had a bunch of family over at my house, and I think Cap can sort of speak on this a bit. Um, before the before the draft day, you pretty much have a understanding of where you're going to go if you're if you're in the first round. So um, I sort of had a feeling that I was going to go to North Bay, um, but it's still definitely a great day for me and my family. Um, just all the work and the dedication that not only I put into uh, minor hockey and stuff like that, just the sacrifices that my, my family made for me to get to that point. So um, yeah, it was definitely one of the greatest days of my life, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah. Every guy that we have on just talks so fondly of the memories of draft day and it's a, it's a special day, but uh, yeah. What was your day looking like? Kat? Yeah, it was an exciting day. Uh, I woke up that morning, barely got some sleep the night before. I was shaking because I didn't know where I was going to end up. I had a good feeling I was going to go first round. Um, spoke with a lot of teams saying they had a lot of interest, but I had like no idea where I was going to be picked. I knew it could have been around that range in the middle or t- towards the end. Um, but Flynn ended up picking me at 10. So uh, I was very happy about that because I had a good meeting with them. They spoke very highly of me and they were telling me they were needing a lot of size up front. Um, so my whole family before the draft that day, we, my dad, uh, rented out, um, a restaurant and we had a whole family there. We had our whole family there, like, uh, at least over 20 people. And we sat together watching the draft and hear my name called. It was one of the most incredible things that's happened to me ever. So I was so happy to share that moment with all my family and friends that came there. So I was happy it was Flint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to jump in. I kind of have an OHL draft story. It's not even my own because I, I obviously wasn't drafted, but just it, it got me thinking when you guys mentioned it. I remember um, it was like my age group, the the 1998 born players OHL draft, and a lot of my friends were getting drafted and no one was really like a super high pick other than Anger. Um, but I remember I was sitting in this very room actually ripping some Xbox 360, some Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 with the boys and we had the draft on and um, my buddy Jordan Sandbrook, he was we weren't sure if he was going to get drafted. We kind of had a thought, but he was a 10th round pick. And I remember the 10th round rolls around and the phone starts ringing in his house and he's screaming at his mom, like, don't answer it. Don't answer it. Like we got to like keep the lines open or whatever. Um, so the phone rings, like they let it ring out. And then whatever the phone rings, like a minute later, he's like, don't pick it up. Don't pick it up screaming. <laughs> and then like five minutes later, it rang a third time and he didn't pick it up because he was like yelling. He thought his mom was like getting some phone call. And you, we see his name go up on on the draft, like 10th round, whatever, Jordan Sandbrook, Erie Otters. And then he gets a phone call in his cell. And it was like Sherry Basson, who was the GM at the time. And he was like, why are you answering my phone calls? Like, I wanted to tell you I was going to pick you. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, you're ignoring me already. We're off to a horrible start. It was so funny. He was <laughs> So it was Erie calling him three times before they picked him just to talk and let him know that they were going to pick and see if he was going to report. But that one that one came to mind. I mean, not, not necessarily a first-round pick story like you and uh, – Cozy mentioned you kind of know where you're going to get picked. He had no clue, didn't know if he was going to get drafted. And I don't know, that one came to mind pretty random. But Stanbrook, he's a beauty. Oh, yeah. Do you work out with him there? Yeah, he works out with us. Okay. Um, I thought he might. He too, but we had split groups just because of COVID and stuff. But yeah, he, he was working out with us for a few summers. Yeah. And that was, that was funny. <laughs> I remember about that. But I want to talk about your first year in the O Cozy, actually. And we'll go over to Kep and Flint. But, you know, you, you know, immediately you're heading into a team that was kind of in a rebuild and uh, what was like the adjustment, like maybe on a team that was a little weaker in the standings, you were able to get more ice and, and how, how did that adjustment period go for you? And when did you really realize like I can fit in in the league? 
Yeah, definitely took some time, um, especially in preseason. Uh, Kep and I played in that tournament in Buffalo. There's a little showcase that the OHL does there. Um, but it was definitely different. Um, going in 16 and you're playing against these 20-year-old guys, it's definitely a little bit nerve-wracking. But once you get some games under your belt and you get some confidence, um, it definitely helps out a bit. But early on in the year, it was definitely tough um, going into games. It's just a little bit scared, a little bit nervous uh, for the first few games. But after that, I think uh, you settle in and then you get, get back to your own game. And Kev, what about you? Like you go into Flint. Um, I believe they weren't, you weren't, they weren't the best team when you were on that uh, team that first year. Like what are you, what did you find about going there? There was even some, some management issues at the time. Like just how, how did that adjustment go? Probably wasn't the most normal situation. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of fix ups. They, they were uh, trying to do my first year. Um, First thing was they wanted to go back to a rebuild stage because the year before, uh, I believe Delhi spoke upon this. Like they were a really good team his first year. And the next year we had a lot of always come back and they had to make a situation for that, who they were going to keep and who they were going to get rid of. So, um, yeah, we, we had a pretty good team uh, at the start of the year. We started off 3-0 and and I went in as a, as a 16-year-old young forward who – didn't get much opportunity yet, but I worked my way up. So I was starting off fourth line, not playing special teams or anything. So I just stayed positive and kept my fair ground, just worked hard. And and once the um, big trades happened with um, Commando and more, that's what opened the gate for me. So I uh, came up to the, like the third, second line opportunities, and that worked out for me a lot. And I got to play with Delhi a bit that year, which was pretty good for me. He was in his draft year, but he was – far best or best forward that year and um so yeah it was it was a tough year we didn't make the playoffs we only had like 20 wins that year but uh, which helped us uh, a bit for a rebuild flint came a long way from the time i guess when really started uh, delhi's year and then getting another great player like you the next year and just kind of building on that and that's kind of what the same thing happened over in north bay but uh, both, uh, both of you guys got the uh, chance to play at the U-17s to represent uh, Canada. What, uh, what was that experience like? Uh, didn't, Kep, did you win it? No, uh, we came fourth that year. We lost in the bronze game. Oh, okay, yeah. USA I've, won the tournament. USA won that tournament. Okay, yeah, they're a sick team. But what, what was that experience like for you guys? Um, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome tournament. So we had three Canada teams there. Cozy Cozy was on red, I believe, and I was on white. Um, we, my team was very good. So my coach Ryan Ulihan from Flint was actually my coach. So it worked out pretty well for me. So didn't have to get used to a different coach or anything. So we went there. We had a pretty hardworking team, a big a big big team that had a lot of big boys on the team, and we were hardworking and. Um, we played against uh, the U.S. team in the round robin, and we lost them in overtime. And we beat a couple good teams like the Czechs and, and the Finns and that, and we made our way to the semifinals and lost to U.S. again. We got smoked that game like 10-1, something like that, and it was a nightmare that game. Then we went to the bronze game and just got the shorthand the stick that game, the Czechs, and we lost 2-1. But Overall, it was a great tournament. It was in uh, Dawson Creek, BC, which was a good place to have. And they had a lot of fans come out and cheer on for Team Canada. So it was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty sick. And how about you, Cozy? How did your team do and you specifically during that tournament? It was good. Um, I got the privilege to play with Lafreniere that tournament. So it was pretty easy for me. Um, but yeah, I think there's two locations that tournament kept. You guys were in Dawson Creek and I, I forget where we were. Fort St. Um, John. Yeah, St. John's. We were playing in like a junior A rink, but um, with all the fans in there, it was basically like like Owen Sound almost where the fans feel on top of you when you're playing. Um, it, was great, it was a great atmosphere in St. John. And, um, yeah, it was a great tournament playing with Lafreniere, and we, we went to the finals against the U.S., and they pumped us in the finals with Jack Hughes and Caulfield, and they had a, they had a pretty good team. But uh, it was a great experience for sure. Yeah, they they had a sick team, and that team just kind of dominated everything. Really, I mean, they were they were sick in the USHL and stuff. So definitely a uh, tough team to beat. But yeah, that's what I screwed up. I knew one of the teams went to the finals at least when I was thinking about that. But yeah, I'll let Rask keep a rolling here. I think he's got some draft questions in the NHL. 
Yeah, I want to talk kind of both about your draft. Very different, obviously, situations there. But we'll start with you, Kev, because you were first. Um, 2019 fourth rounder to Vancouver. And in, like first, before we even get into the draft, in your draft year, you had 30 goals, like a breakout season. How did that year go for you? I know a lot of guys we've had on the pod kind of talk about ups and downs with struggling to find points. And you were pretty good. And uh, like, how was the mental grind of that draft year and, and seeing the rankings and all that? Uh, yeah, it was a bit nerve wracking. Uh, if I were to go in that season and guess if I would have been drafted or not, I would probably say no. Um, I had a pretty good rookie year, but going that year, we, we had a, another year and struggles in Flynn. We, um, we started off 0 and 16, something like that. And, and yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think it was at the seventh loss, like in the middle of that, uh, losing streak, we, um, we lost our head coach Ryan Ulihan. Then we got Eric Wellwood, and which was a good good keep for us. And we, he was a great coach. So, uh, so I had a pretty slow start my draft year. I didn't have as many points to start. I probably had like twenty points, something like that, going to uh, into Christmas. So it was pretty nerve wracking. I uh, came back after Christmas and. Uh, our team Flynn made a couple trades um, for a player like Cody Morgan, who came over and uh, he became my line mate. Then our team started picking up in the second half, uh, which was good. So that kind of helped me a lot. And with my points in that, uh, I had 21 goals and uh, just over 40 points, I believe, in the, uh, the second half, which was good for me. So that's what helped me a lot. And uh, a lot of scouts in that came that year, and it was a bit nerve-wracking. I had a lot of interviews. I probably interviewed with probably 20 out of the 31 teams that year, and Vancouver was definitely the one that was most interested um, because I had a good interview with them. So that year was uh, it was an all right year. We didn't make the playoffs, but overall I'm happy I had a good season. Did you get any – interesting questions any mind questions i i'm hoping someone I, I ask this one like every podcast but did you get anything interesting or notable from any interviews uh no i, I know you guys asked this question a lot i was one of those guys who didn't get much of those questions because i didn't go to the combine the only screwed up thing i ever got was i think somebody uh, probably mentioned this it was like the new york islanders like yeah. multiple choice question and that took me hours to do i'm not I'm not the brain. That's, that thing was like 250 questions. It's it's unbelievable. It took me half a day. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, honestly, every guy that comes on here brings up the aisles. Like, I think that's like the third guy. Like, it's actually so tough, man. It's like such a mind tease for the boys. And just did like, you do it, Cardi? yeah, man, I had to do it too. And I did it right after a game too. So you're just in a blender yeah. Yeah, trying to get it done. But yeah, that's like, you obviously had a sick year there, Cap just a dominant force as a big body. And what, what was draft day kind of like for you? Do you spend it with your family there or you went to the draft too, and it was in Vancouver, right? Yeah. So uh, it was a bit of a de- debatable question if I should go or not um, because it was in Vancouver. I think my family really wanted to go and I had mixed feelings because my rank and I wasn't ranked as high. I was probably ranked like fourth, fifth round, but you don't know at the end of the day if you were going to get picked or not, because anything can happen in this draft. And uh, so I just, I took the full risk to go uh, with my whole family. I had over 20 people there. Uh, had uh, my billet family come out as well. My whole family, cousins, grandparents, uh, everyone, even my skills coach came out too, uh, Rob DeVoe and Johnny Simone. It, it was good. So it was a pretty nerve-wracking day. Uh, I went to the first round to watch, which was a cool experience. Then went to the – second round the, to the seventh round the next day on the Saturday. It was a very long day. Uh, I probably waited a few hours and um, just right before I was getting picked, I was just getting pretty nervous. Like I was pretty much sweating in my seat. I was wearing a tight dress shirt that day. It was nice. <laughs> it was probably getting a bit of, um, I was probably getting armpit sweat going there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Like I, I, I was like stuck in my seat. It was just, pretty greasy but then <laughs> I was I was I don't know right before I was picked I um I was just like laying low like I had my hands together I was like my head was down like this and <laughs> suddenly I heard Vancouver was picking next I knew Vancouver was uh one of the teams I was interested but I still had my head down I had my head down and 
and my dad was kind of holding my wrist. It was like the weirdest thing ever. Like my dad had a feeling somehow. Like my dad Paul, he had a feeling, and I. Cody <laughs> <laughs> likes that one, and uh, so yeah. Then my name was called, and suddenly my whole family just went nuts in the stands, and I got off, and I was so happy. I hugged everybody and went down state uh, down the stage, met the whole team, shook everybody's hand, got my jersey, and threw it on. And the whole crowd in Vancouver, they had all their fans. They had a lot of fans. There was a full building, and just the building erupted. And when I threw on the jersey, it was incredible. So I was happy to be drafted by the host city. Yeah, that's actually crazy. I mean, just the uh, the fact that you got to be picked there by uh, by Vancouver in Vancouver. We talked about it last last week with Delhi as well with the Dallas yeah. one, but um, th- that's got to be such a cool feeling and. I know it's going to be super different from Cozy's draft story, but um, before we send it over there, I just want to know, like, you got one dev camp under, like, in the books with them there. How did that go? Like, what kinds of things do you learn? And just, like, you know, how was the experience? Hey, it was really good. I had a lot of good prospects there, and uh, uh, it was a good camp. It, it, they went straight into camp two days after because everybody was already there, and they were not going to wait for another week. So I had to stay there for an extra week and a half, which was – uh, which was all right, so I go right into it. And unfortunately, I didn't have my gear with me, so I only, I was only told by my agent to bring my skates, if anything. So I brought my skates, and Vancouver had to give me all new gear, which was brutal. And uh, so yeah, it was all right. I, I at least had my skates, so I went to cam. The testing was very hard. They did like a really hard test called the five mile salt bike, which is like the hardest test ever. You like sweat like crazy and it's just a long test you got to get like a certain amount of time or you fail it's like you got to get under 20 minutes something like that it's like 1935 I believe something like that but yeah so it was a good camp I I actually have another funny story it was my first practice we were it was probably the second drill it was like uh we did like a, a flow drill where a forward goes and shoots and the D comes behind you and gets a pass from the coach and you and the forwards in front of the net um to screen the goalie the defenseman i don't know who it was i think it was mitch elliott took a clap bomb straight at my face (laughs) and i and i pretty much broke my nose and and my lip was bleeding so my first ever practice vancouver i pretty much broke my nose i got a picture of it i I gotta show (laughs) you guys it's pretty bad but yeah either by that like it was a great experience i had enjoyed it at the camp so it was great yeah, that's, that's that's too good oh god and then yeah cozy's draft as we talked about earlier was just this past year being a late 01 birthday so uh a lot different than caps being at home and stuff so uh what what was draft day like for you and did you have like talks with san jose like before the draft kind of giving you uh a little bit of a tell that they might pick you up uh i only had i think one maybe two interviews with san jose um I think I had like five or six with Florida. That's who I think that's who I thought was going to pick me. But uh, just talking about the draft. Yeah, it was, it was a lot different. Uh, just sitting at home, watching it on TV. You dream about going to the draft and especially with, with it having uh, to be in Montreal this past year, that would have been a, a good spot to have it. Um, but yeah, it was a lot different. I had just had a few family members over at my house and like Kep said, it was definitely a little bit of a longer wait, but, um, once the moment came, it was, it was definitely special. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty cool experience, I'm sure. And then, uh, does San Jose been in contact with you? Like, I'm sure they've been talking to you over the, uh, the course of from the draft to now camp. And obviously as we talked about before you're at camp now, so things must be going well with you and them. Did they run any like zoom calls for prospects or how'd you guys keep in contact throughout that time? Yeah, during the off season, they'd probably check in every two weeks. Um, I'd talk to the, to the assistant GM, uh, Doug Wilson Jr., um, just basically keeping up with me, what I'm doing, and keeping me busy. And um, on Boxing Day, they actually called me to ask me to come down to Arizona. And um, ever since then, it's been pretty good down here getting feedback from them with my play so far in the exhibition games and with the practices. Um, yeah, definitely happy to be down here. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And uh, just going back to that draft year a little bit, like you, you did well your first two years in the O, you had pretty decent numbers, and then you kind of just had like a breakout season, like we talked about with Caps draft year as well, just under a point per game for you, and just like 
more of a leadership role, I guess, third year guy kind of what happened? Was it just more getting comfortable in the league and just kind of knowing you can be a dominant force out there? Yeah, I think it's just all comes down to confidence. Um, I was pretty much the same shoes as cap at Christmas. I think I probably had like 20 points or whatever. And I'm just thinking like, here we go again. Like um supposed to have another great year and third year in the league. Supposed to be having pretty much point per game, trying to get a good season in and then back at the same spot with only 20 points at Christmas. Um, definitely a little bit frustrating, but um, once we got the coaching change and we had Ryan Ulihan come in, I think he gave me a little bit more of an opportunity to have the puck on my stick more and um, make plays that way. And um, once we made that change, I, um, I had a little bit more production and a little bit more confidence going into the games. So, yeah, it was good. Yeah, exactly. And when I saw you guys, when we played you anyway, you looked good with the puck out there, obviously a big boy. So both of you guys clear, clear the way and uh, good skaters to get pucks to the net and uh, really create offense off that. But I think Rask put together a little, uh, a little best friend questions because uh, we know you guys are super tight and grew up together. I guess I'll let you take this one, Rask. Okay. I just want to comment quickly before about North Bay, really unrelated, but um at least last season, in my experience, I think North Bay had the best uh, pregame meal in the media room. So, no man, uh, it, have you been to SAG? No, I never went to SAG. SAG is unreal because in my first year, I was getting scratched, so I get in there. Unbelievable, man! Like the buffet, just like everything you can imagine. The desserts were elite too. So I actually didn't mind getting scratched at home. I kind of loved it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, anyway, I got some questions and. Uh, I guess yeah, the first one, like you can answer it about the other person. So I'll start with, with cozy. I'll ask you if, if hockey didn't work out for cap, what would he be doing? What, what would his career be? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. He, he actually loves the game of hockey. So he loves his boy, Rob DeVoe. So I think he'd be doing something in the, in the skills, uh, putting some skills skates together, making his own uh, edge, edge hockey little company or something like that. <laughs> I think he's right. He's right. I have nothing else I'd be doing besides hockey. So it would probably just be something that involves with hockey. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely fair. And then uh, same, same question to you. Like what would Cozy be doing if it wasn't hockey? Let's see if I can try to make him laugh here. Uh, <laughs> so I, same thing with him. He loves the game. He has nothing else to do. His, I, I bet you his marks in school weren't as great as mine. And so I, he has, I know he has a part-time job like me at national sports as a skate shark. He'll probably be doing that for the rest of his life. Hey, you'll be the next cozy. Oh my. Hey, he can, he can, he can work his way up to manager at national. Yeah, that's, what that's what he'll be. Not a boy. Maybe there's an equipment manager job in North Bay coming up or something. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it with you here. Cozy. What is, what does Cap eat for his pregame meal? This guy loves the chicken parm. Uh, okay. He's a big guy on carbs. This guy eats like a horse. Oh, definitely a chicken parm guy. Is that, Is right? that true, Cap? Yeah, he's, he got it. No way. All right. There, that, that's a point, man. You got that one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to lose this one. I, I have no clue what he eats. He, I, he changes his up, but I'll guess. Uh, you're definitely something with chicken, eh, Cozy? No, not, <laughs> not, a, big, not a big chicken guy before the game, no. Oh, he's a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and say pasta. Yeah, just a little penne pasta. With I would have guessed pasta, but you're. I thought you'd be like chicken rice guy. No. You eat you like pasta, so I don't know. You eat McDonald's every day. <laughs> you're not wrong about that. That's for sure. That's funny. I mean, if if you had to guess for any hockey player, chicken and rice is a pretty safe one. You're, you'd probably get about fifty percent right. But mm-hmm. um. Uh, what is, so Kep, what does Cozy use, black or white tape? Black. Yep. And Cozy? Kep, uh, Kep switches it up, but, uh, I'd probably say white majority of the time. Yeah, you got it. I actually, like, this year, uh, in the summer, when me and Cozy skate together, he told me to switch over to black to try it out, and I have been lately, but I've been mostly a white, uh, white guy. Okay, what about for a, for a bonus point, even though I'm not really keeping track? Um, who can tell me what color tape cards he uses? White. Black. 
in i've been using actually this is weird man like i switch it up a lot in the summer i just use whatever's in the bag or whatever the boys have but honestly i'm i switch it up but there's one thing when i use the white i always shade it with the pox so it's sort of black so they're both right in a sense the only thing that i always go to is the sock tj though always make sure i wrap it um up the shaft uh <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little bit absurd, but uh, yeah, wrap it up the shaft and then uh, down to the toe. So always do the uh, the sock TJ, but yeah, they're both right, white or black, whatever whatever's keeping me hot or if I got to get out of a slump. There was a few guys in Barry that did the sock this year, right? Yeah, man, I, I think it's pretty common. I don't know, you boys ever try it out? I know uh, a lot of the boys do. Uh, uh, not much. Full sock, I just... You know, keep it at the heel and go to the toe. But yeah, a lot of guys, like even even Byfield gets the like the aggressive sock going. Like he tapes it way up the shaft. Yeah, yeah, he's he's almost taking it up to the top handle there. Like, but he has it halfway up the friggin' thing. I don't know how I don't know how to tape it from there. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard, dude. It's too complicated. I what? I don't know how. I just do heel to toe. Like, I tried it before, and I couldn't get it. Okay, well, we'll get uh, the listeners on the pod to uh, DM Ethan Kappen a, uh, a tutorial on how to do the sock TJ then. Please, I'd like to know. <laughs> um, okay, I got got two more, and then we can move into the fan questions. Um, who's who's the better chirper? Maybe, Cap, you go first. Who's who's better? I know Cozy gets under my uh but I can get under his skin. I, I'll give it to Cozy. I'll give it to Cozy. Yeah, I'd probably say myself. Cap's easy to get under his skin. All the boys, you're always getting them choked at uh, at corny skates. When, uh, oh, yeah. So that, that's pretty good. I mean, I feel like Cap can dish out some chirps, but uh, he, he's always taking them in good spirits at, uh, at the rink, <laughs> especially, especially when he comes in mad and the boys are just yipping him. Yeah. <laughs> You guys love to get under my skin, but I just I just love to smile and laugh after a trip. I've just been that guy lately. And last one, who has the better style off? Uh, let's go on ice and off ice style. Cozy goes first for this one. <laughs> I want to hear it. Off ice, uh, off ice, I'd probably say myself. And then on ice, um, I don't know, just big guys, you know. It's tough to look good when you're big out there, but um, I don't know. I'd probably give it to Kep on the ice. Uh, you're so sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say off the ice, I'd give it a cozy. He's very, he's got like some nice style with his shoes. He's bought like a million pairs of shoes lately. He's got some fancy Hot Wheels Converse shoes that I like. <laughs> and on the ice, I'd say him, to be honest. I, I, I'd say him. Like, he's right. We're just big guys, just big power forwards that – don't have much style we always just tuck our shin pad over skate blah 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 stuff like that like i'll give it to him cards remember <laughs> clarky's got the tightest chinner in the league yeah oh, he's choking himself out out there <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. bad <laughs> i don't know um yeah uh, you can't rock a tight chinner like that i haven't seen you i don't i don't know what you guys look like on the ice i can't remember i remember seeing cozy up in north bay just because he was the biggest guy out there um but I don't. I don't remember. I don't even think I've seen Flint play, to be honest. No. Um, Cozy's got the good uh, visor tilt, though. He rocks that pretty nice. So. Yeah, that's what yeah. he has. He has a good tilt. <laughs> All the right. visor tilt looks good there for sure. And yeah. I mean, I mean, we were talking about Clarky's bad chinner. I think the boys take care of their chinners decent, so they, they look good out there for sure. <laughs> but that I kind of does it for those questions. But we'll uh, we'll get into the fan questions. I know uh, we've been going pretty long already, but uh, we'll keep it rolling here. I guess what we should do, I think maybe. So we'll go Cap and then Cozy. Uh, I'll ask you both the questions, and you just answer them quick for the fans here. So any special game day superstitions? Um, not much for me. I'm just playing simple. Probably in the morning for our morning club, I would just go and hop in the cold tub for five minutes or so just to get the legs uh, woken up, stuff like that, and then go stretch for a bit. Um, and then I'll go home, take a nap before my pregame meal, uh, and then head to the rink and ha- with a coffee, stuff like that. And you, Cozy? I'm a big Red Bull guy. I a Red Bull after the, the warm-up on the ice. Um, but other than that, uh, just take a shower when I get to the rink, put my gitch on, and take my stick. That's pretty much the only routine I have. 
Okay. Okay. Keeping it pretty simple. Um, favorite memory you guys have first for you, Cap and Flint? Um, probably, I'd probably say my first goal I scored at the Harry Lumley Bay Shore uh, against Owen Sound. It was our second game of the year, and I uh, scored like the second goal of the game. Nice little rebound I got. It was pretty special, and it was it was good to get that first one out of the way. Yeah, for sure. And how about you, Cozy? Uh, I'd probably just say the, the road trips and, uh, and the bus rides, um, obviously scoring your first goal special, but I think the, the best memories come on the, on the bus rides and the, on the road trips, just spending it with the boys and, um, the amount of stories that all of us have going on those long road trips. I think those are the best memories we have as junior players. Yeah, for sure. I feel like if, uh, if we started spewing about the stories, we'd be here for hours. So uh, we can go yeah. on for a while, but uh, we'll keep it at that for now. And then uh, obviously we know Cozy, you're in the A until uh, <clears throat> until the OHL starts back up and doing great there. Fan question here is, have you considered playing overseas? And I know we talked about that earlier with Cap, so I guess that kind of covers that one on its own. And Cap's just trying to find a spot overseas here soon. So we'll go to the next one, I guess. Uh, fr- favorite uh, pregame pump-up song? Oh, oh God. I'm... Uh, I I got one. I'm I'm a bit of a rock and roll guy. I'm a big Def Leppard fan. I love okay. the song Rock of Ages. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I bumped I uh, that one going the rink. Gets you fired Speakers up. All the way up. Speakers all the way up. Uh, that's good stuff. How about you, Cozy? Um, I think I don't know who sings it or the the band that makes it, but that EDM song is called Peace of Your Heart. Okay, yeah, that's a beauty. That's, that's probably one of my favorite ones in the dressing room before we go for warm-up. Um, next one is, is there any player or team that you guys hate playing against in the O? Uh, play against, it would probably be SAG because those are our rivals and we play them like 10 times a year. Uh, yeah, it, it sucks. It, it sucks playing against like guys like Cole Perfetti who puts up five points a night against Flint and <laughs> – Stuff like that, and probably my—I uh, would say this—the um, worst player I hate, hated playing against was probably like uh, Tyler Tucker before he came to Flint. Uh, mm-hmm. I hated him so much. He always had my number every time I played against him. He always give me a hard check, something like that. Every time I was in the corner, he would be up my ass the whole time. Okay, that's that's a good one. Yeah, Tox is a big boy and tough guy so not a guy you like to play against yeah, great game. guy though great teammate when he came to flint though we got along really good yeah i can imagine from what i know of him he's a great guy and obviously rask knows him pretty well too and then uh cozy for you anybody uh, gets under your skin out there any teams yeah i was gonna say the same thing when uh when tucker was on barry we played them quite a bit and um, they got that big defenseman, Cameron, as well. Nothing worse than being a, a winger on the half one. You get those guys pinching down on you every time. It's not fun. So definitely the, playing against Barry with those big defensemen. Yeah, they're big bodies. Uh, yeah, just stay out of their way when they're moving. Um, and then the last one here before we wrap things up, how do you guys pass time on the boss? I'd, I'd probably just go play a game of schnarps, a card game of schnarps with the boys, uh, play that <laughs> for a few hours and lose some money or get some money, mostly lose money. And uh, <laughs> just go go to my seat, listen to music, take a nap, watch Netflix, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. that's. I was just laughing there. The word schnarks just kind of <laughs> gets me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Cozy, you? Yeah, we play Euchre on the bus. Um, sometimes the boys don't let me play, though, because I'm not very good. Um, <laughs> other than that, I tend to I tend to sit up near the front with the rookies. Um, I don't know. They have some great energy and great stories from their high school days. Um, so I like to go sit up there and get some chatter with the rookies. So, yeah. So grandfather cozy hanging out with the young bucks. Up there. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Uh, teach him everything you know over your years in the league, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, I know Rask wanted to mention uh, – uh, actual watches here so yeah so uh yeah just for you guys coming on uh we're gonna be sending you both some axle watches i'm, I'm rocking mine kind of matches my my sweater oh, looks good. I, I wear sweet. it everywhere. yeah so um when when cozy's up with the rookies flinging soggy subs at them and cleaning the bus together then you guys will be looking good <laughs> <laughs> looking good with your axle watches and uh so yeah we'll have you look at the website send us your picks and we'll get those out right away but um 
uh, that, that pretty much does it for me. I mean, this, this was a lot of fun. This was a really fun one for me to do. And uh, I definitely enjoyed it. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching you guys uh, as your careers progress and, and maybe say hi to you in person after a game or something would be nice. But yeah, thanks for doing this. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Cards, you got anything to add? No, that pretty much does it. Just good catching up with the boys. Haven't seen him in a while since I last skied with Corny when we were grabbing a squirt. Um, had to throw that in. <laughs> Get JT. Get JT. No, J- J- JT was the one who texted me, man. He texted me. He said, make sure you mention grab a squirt. So that's just a little shout out to our skills guy, Corny, back home. Um, but no, I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, and all the best, Posey over there in uh, San Jose, or Arizona, sorry, right? Yeah. And, uh, Cap, hopefully we'll see you over here soon. Yeah, hopefully Sweden. See you there, maybe. <laughs> All right. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. That was a pretty sweet interview. I was really happy to get that one done. Two great guys, and it was really entertaining. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're characters. I skate with them all summer, so uh, I get to know them well, and uh, we're always getting under each other's skin, as we talked about uh, in the interview a little bit, so fun to catch up with them see how they're doing as i'm overseas we got cozy in arizona and kept back home so uh good to talk to them and yeah they got some uh great stories and they're going to be great players here down the road so it's good to uh get their name out there and a lot of people are going to learn who they are here yeah maybe someone's actually gonna dm kept a video of how to do the sock tape job because uh definitely something that he needed needed to work on he needs but. to work on it no doubt you know what actually i just want to mention it i i was thinking it in the interview but i didn't want to like throw it off pace how how do you not know how to do it like it's you just wrap tape around the shaft of your stick right like it's not hard but, but you, you don't want all the crinkles on it like i know i don't care like i have a bunch of like crinkles on my tape job and stuff but some guys are so meticulous yeah. with it like i don't know what you are like well, up, me, up there on the shaft when it's not on the blade it doesn't matter on the blade i don't want any crinkles because the puck goes there but on the shaft like the puck doesn't really go there so it doesn't matter in my yeah like, i mean you played three minutes a night though so does it matter oh i was a point per game in those three minutes man. <laughs> highest, i was so, probably the highest points per 60 minutes the league's ever seen but yeah, no, you would have been, you probably would average like three or four pitters a game in the O. So it's fair. Yeah. You play with crinkles or not. Rask is a player. Yeah. I remember I did sign a pro contract before you. Yeah, you did. That is true. That is true. And we, we, we still have to get those jerseys manufactured one day. Once, oh, yeah. uh, once we're big enough to pay for that expense, we're getting them done. Anyway, we'll, we'll send it into the bachelor segment here. Um, we both agreed. We actually talked about it before that, this season's pretty bad. So um, you want to take it away cards. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's left us a bit speechless here, to be honest. Uh, I just watched it. Um, and once again, I was in pain watching it. Uh, it's a tough episode to get through again. Just nothing cooking really. Um, just a lot of the same drama. I mean, we got new girls in the house, but me and Ras just wanted to apologize about our bachelor segment this uh, this season. It's just not up to par just because the content they're giving us just doesn't allow us to do what we love here. So uh, it will be missed, uh, the good content, but we can still bring what we think. And I just thought it was garbage. Let's get your take on it this week. Yeah, no, I agree. It was It was tough to watch, but I'll just break it down for people quick. Like there's new girls that came in. This girl, Brittany, comes in super strong and and pisses everyone off in the house. Um, The house kind of got divided, I guess, into two groups, the new girls and the old girls, and everyone's fighting with each other. But other than that, there wasn't really anything worth talking about. Um, I don't know. I mean, this girl, Michelle, who's one of the new girls, had a one-on-one date, and it looked like she killed it. I don't don't really know if I like her or not. But, okay, here's the thing. I was saying this yesterday. Um, At this point in any of the past bachelor seasons, like I've had somebody who I've wanted to win. I've had a favorite. I've had, or even if it's multiple people, but there's not one person who I care about or like want to win at this point. They haven't really made anyone likable yet. Yeah. Honestly, from my past experience, it'd be like maybe two or three episodes. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going for this girl or this guy. Like I want them to do it. Um, and it's like, it's like your favorite sports team. Like every Monday you're just hunkering down. Like it's like the Leafs are on just like, let's go. Come on. <laughs> yeah i don't know so there's there's no one no one i really care about or want to win at this point i don't know but yeah i mean i guess that just about does it for the the bachelor and 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 the episode too is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up here i always toss it to you and you got you got to give the same old line thanks to everyone oh yeah i know it's it's pretty standard but you know what i'm going to toss in this week 
axle watches, manscaped grooming, hammer it, get it while you can. We love it and you should should have it. So that's my outro this week. And then I'll toss it over to you to send it away. Well, okay. What I'll actually build on that because I'm not sure if we said it this episode, but you can use the code showbound15 at axlewatches.com and you will get 15% off your axle watch. So that's how I'll end it. Check them out. Best sponsors in the game. We're so fortunate. And I want to wish everybody a good week. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Peace. Boom.